You're listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, November 10th, 2019. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night in New York studios on Long Island. Got another big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Carrie Haber, the creator of the Capspace.com, as well as a contributor to Lighthouse Hockey, will be joining us to talk all about the Islanders' 12-game point streak, the numbers behind it, why they're successful, what they're doing good, what they could do better. Going to talk all about that. Excited to get him on in about 15 minutes. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Tony Stabile. Tony! How are you? <laughs> 12 points. That's your cue. 12 games in a row, bro. That's all I can say. 12, 12, 12 games in a row. Yeah. It's awesome. Hi. What's up, man? How you doing? Good to see you, pal. Good, Good to see you, see too. You. There was a little bit of a hiccup along the way here. A little bit. A little bit. Minor. 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 And the only reason why you can say minor, Tony, is because it came at the end of a 10-game winning streak. Because if that quote-unquote minor thing happened on Thursday against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the middle of the season, maybe the Islanders lost the previous game, or, you know, maybe we're meandering through a, a 500 hockey stint during the season. I think people would be saying it was a, a little more than just minor. Oh, don't think people didn't try, because they oh, were, I you saw, saw it, the high lines, and it. you saw... I saw it. I saw it. So it was they almost definitely as if, tried to make it It was almost it was. as if the 10-game winning streak never happened. How about the last year and a quarter never happened? I mean, that, that's even that would better. Be even You're better. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, folks, even though the 10-game winning streak is now officially behind us, it came to a close on Thursday against the Penguins. Fear not, because the Islanders are still riding a 12-game point streak, and only one of those games had a loss. The rest of them, they bagged two points. You're talking 23 out of 24 points, so still a lot of good things going on as far as the Islanders go. And before we dive into everything here, I just wanted to remind everybody that we got some live on-location shows coming up here with Hockey Night in New York. We already told you last week we will be at the Oyster Bay Brewing Company in Oyster Bay, of course. On Saturday, November 23rd, when the Islanders take on the San Jose Sharks, we will be hosting a viewing party there with Brian from excuse me, Isles Meetups, as well as Devin from Yes Men Outfitters. Going to have a great time there. Going to be awesome. That game, the puck drops at 10.30. We're going to go live at 9 o'clock. So please, come early. Come hang out with us. Going to have a lot of fun with that pregame show. We're going to have raffles, prizes, all that stuff, 50-50, the whole nine. Going to be a lot of fun there. Going to have a great time. And don't forget, about a month later, we will be at the Offside Tavern going back in Manhattan on Friday, December 27th. The Islanders will be taking on the Blackhawks at 8 o'clock that night. And that's going to be a good time, too. We're going to have a live show going on there. Lots of fun. And uh, the fun continues on January 13th. You got uh, the Islanders are going to be going to the Garden. That'll be the first game against the Rangers this season. So come on down to that. That's Parlay in Rockville Center, Monday, January 13th. So a lot of fun. Tony, you looking forward to those dates, man? I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I, I mean, each one is going to be different, obviously. 
the Oyster Bay Brewing Company, which is, you know, Yes Men Outfit is home now. Uh, become a real popular place on Long Island to watch oh, out yeah. the game. So oh, yeah. we've got Barn Rocker going to be in the Not house. Not to mention so. the, the brews that they serve yeah. are very popular so, as well. Some tasty delights over there. Exactly. So that's going to be great stuff. Then going to Offside Tavern, you know we always have a great time there. And, it and of a ter- I believe I job. said Puck Drop was at 8. That's at 8.30 against the Chicago Blackhawks. So we'll be going yes. live around 7. Around 7 o'clock. That yes. night, yes. Right. And that's so that that'll Friday be our little night. holiday show. That will. In we'll between have, Christmas and New Year's. We can have the uh, and, and Hanukkah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, maybe maybe uh, you'll dress up as Santa, Tony, or an elf. No. Then Where's we your have... holiday spirit, man? I, I have plenty. Do, you not, do we not do oh. the holiday extravaganza no, that's that true. on the show every single year? It's Christmas true. music and yeah, all that. Okay. Okay. So all let's, right. let's, I just thought maybe, I'm, I'm not you know. dressing as Santa. No. Fine. No way. Fine. And then the Ranger game. That is going to be a fun night. Parlay. Islander Rangers, that's going to be a lot of fun. I know there's going to be Islander fans and Ranger fans going to come down to watch the game. It's it's going to be a lot of fun that night. I'm looking forward to all three dates. Come hang out with us. You know, Shawnee is not as corny as everyone thinks he is. He's actually a really cool guy. You really enjoy <laughs> hanging out with him. That's hilarious. I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they, they don't know. They don't know you like I know you. That's the thing. They don't uh-huh. understand. Okay. Well, I, I so. appreciate you clearing that up because the I, listeners look, were concerned. And, I, and I'm and i here for you, man. Thanks, that's, man. That's what I do for you. All right. So with that out of the way, uh, we'll also just remind you to like, rate, rate, and subscribe to the show. We would appreciate that. That helps us out. Spread the word. If you like what we're doing here, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell them to tune in and subscribe, too. Tell us. We love we love compliments. Oh, yeah, especially Tony. He loves getting I love with- compliments. <laughs> it's wonderful. Thank you so much. And, look, even if they're not so complimentary, we want to hear those, too. Hey, we want to know what we can do better. we can Absolutely. do to make your lives better, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. All right, so. So with that stuff out of the way, let's dive into the meat of the show here. We started talking about these games just a little bit. You had the 4-1 to win Tuesday against the Sens. That continued the winning streak to make it 10 straight. We touched on a little bit the, the overtime loss against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They had the third period collapse. We'll dive into those games a little bit later as well as yesterday's 2-1 to win over the Kittens down in Florida. They played. This is the three-game uh, Barclays homestand, so they go two zero and one. Not bad for a building nobody wants to go to. Also, <laughs> from what I understand, the attendance was pretty good, relatively. And I and I and I hear Decent that the numbers. atmosphere at the building was good. I, I didn't attend any of those games. I can't speak for it myself, but from what I heard, the atmosphere was good. So you know, kudos to you guys out there for making the trek to Barclays, even if you hate it, and making it a fun time. <laughs> so well done. By you guys. So, Tony, that puts the Islanders at 12-3-1, 25 points in 16 games played. They are four points behind the Caps with two games in hand. They are third overall in the lead league heading into tonight's Bruins game. They're currently down 2-1 to one of the Flyers with about 13 minutes to go. So if, if that holds, then the Islanders will maintain that third-place spot heading into tomorrow for whatever that's worth 16 games into the season. But, Tony, with all of that said... How does it feel to be Tony's to bail? I, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, it, it is a fun time to be a New York Islander fan. You know, you, you have, you, with, with all of the other teams in New York, the Mets, the Yankees, the, the, the Jets, the Giants, the Nets, the Knicks, you know, you have all of these teams. None of them have had any type of prolonged success. The Yankees made the playoffs. But other than that, everybody else is kind of in the shitter at this point. And you look at the Islanders, and they kind of get overlooked. 
Okay, and and I, I believe it was uh, one of the Jet commentators, Damian Woody, a recently retired football player, saying, "Why does every team in New York suck?" And then they said he said he came back and retracted and said, "Hey, sorry, Islander fans, I I missed you on that one." Islanders reached out to him, want to bring him out to a game. This is okay. this is the thing, and he's been all like, "Hey, you got it? I got win number ten. Oh, look, you got points in twelve straight." Got a new fan. Now you got a guy that, that you know, a guy who played for the Jets, played in the New York area. Now he's looking out at the New York Islanders. How this is this. It's eye-opening. The way that they played has been eye-opening. You see tweets now from the NHL. The Islanders are really, really good. They are really, really good. They're good at what they do. They yeah, play if you their care system. about power rankings, they're starting to show up in the top of some of the media outlets' power rankings. I think NHL.com had them up there, like number three, and ESPN finally bumped them up. Be. You know, I mean, that's be. all, you know, silly stuff. It's just entertainment, you know. You, they, they throw the power rankings up there, and they say a little nugget about one team or another, and, mm-hmm. and usually half the time they're wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I remember oh, reading one a couple weeks ago that said, like, the Islanders had, like, one of the weakest defenses in the league, and I was like, okay, I shouldn't read this publication anymore. It's <laughs> the so. hockey news. The hockey news ranked them uh, somewhere in the twenties for for how they. It was. It, look, yeah, it's, that's unfortunate because their name is the Hockey News, and they're based in Canada. Well, that's kind of sad. We can we can have a whole debate on that. Whether, <laughs> where that where they're located is completely irrelevant. But the point that I'm trying to make is yeah. that the the New York Islanders and Barry Trotz are starting to open people's eyes. They are. Winning games, they're oh, getting a year points. And a year and a quarter. They, what, what's that? Only took a year and a quarter. Well, yeah, because last year it was the fluke. Last year it was, oh, this team sucks. Oh, this team lost there. Regressing to the mean. Right. Lost. We're talking to, to carry about uh, that. Well, that was, that was coming into this season. But last season was, there's no way they can sustain this. They're never going to be able to do it for a full season. They mm-hmm. don't have enough talent. They don't have enough scoring. And get, no, their goaltending could never sustain ah, what ah, they've done. Ah, well, ah, guess ah, what? Ah, ah, the goaltending has sustained and has uh, the, the goaltending has been freaking spectacular, bro. Yes, All yes, right? uh, and we will touch on that later in the show without question. So, yeah, folks, there was a bump in the road, and again, look, there, there's no easy way to to take a a, th- a third period blown lead when you're up three goals. I mean, look, any at any point during the season, that is inexcusable. But again, you kind of get over it because it was at the end of the ten, of a ten game winning streak, and you know if there's that's ever the a fluke, time, though, that's the fluke. Everyone says right, that's, all of this stuff is going to be a fluke at some point or another. Right, honestly, that is the exception. That's the exception Absolutely. to the rule. That's the fluke. Very uncharacteristic. And of this what did team Barry to give say? Up three goals in the third period with and, the lead. And you hear what Barry says at the end of, in his in his post game press conference. This will not be a trend. The dude's a hero. He really is. I, I, he's I, a hero. I, he's inspirational to all of us. I love him. He's he's a great man. Yes, he is. S- extend him. I know he's still got another three years after this year, but extend him for another ten. Uh, another ten? Sure. Ten's good for me. I'm. Uh, I, I hope it'll be good for Barry also. But <laughs> right. yeah, it'd be great. Well, if Lou keeps showing him the money. Yeah, it's not really Lou who's giving the money. I think it's ownership, and I don't. Well, and obviously I they're they have signing to be, the checks, and they have to be absolutely tickled pink with this whole thing. Though. Well, I have mean, you seen? Really? You see the shot of I forget which game it was, but somebody caught a clip of him behind the glass when they were scoring goals, and, and he was going bananas. The guy he loves always, this team. He always is. I, you got to give him a lot of credit because he is the. He really is the the face of ownership for this team, even though he's not the of guy course. writing writing the actual checks. And man, I'm telling you, he is out and about everywhere. His face is everywhere. Give him a lot of credit. I really do because you know he, they've done a really great job with this organization they are turning, turning the it franchise around. around. Yeah, they no question are. about it. 
Well, folks, that was a quick 12 minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, Carrie Haber will be joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. And joining us right now, the creator of thecapspace.com, as well as a contributor to Lighthouse Hockey, Mr. Carrie Haber. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing very well as well. Appreciate you joining us on the show in the midst of this 12-game point streak for the New York Islanders. Despite a little bump in the road against the Pens on Thursday, things have been going very well. And what we want to talk to you about tonight is maybe a little bit about the numbers behind what's going on with this team, particularly during this streak. We had John last year, and you, you educated us on the numbers and, and, and what Barry Trotz's team had going on then. Maybe now we can get a, uh, an annual update here and let us know, what are you seeing that this team is either doing the same compared to last year or maybe a little different? Have they improved anywhere? Have they regressed anywhere? Just talk about what you're seeing you know, behind the numbers here with the Islanders on this 12-game points, point streak. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of the same story as last year. They're a team that preaches shot quality over shot quantity, um, and you can see that in the numbers. Their high-danger chance rate, which are basically shot attempts that take place close to the goal mouth, uh, their expected goal rate, so like things like rush shots and uh, the types of shots that are being taken, they are well above um, their overall attempt rate. And it's the same thing that we saw last year. They're, they're an opportunistic team that looks to counterpunch. They wait for other teams to make mistakes. They rely on their goaltenders to be good, and, and both Thomas Christ and Simeon Barlamov have been. And the results of that are 
a fantastic streak that they're on at this point. It's like you said, it's been 12 games, uh, the majority of the season at this point. And yeah, it's, it's basically very similar story to last year. The formula, I'm, you know, I'm sure there have been a little bit of tweaks systematically, but formula is very much the same. Barry Trotz uh, preaches high quality opportunities. And that's kind of what we see right now. Right, no question about it. And I saw that, that Arthur Staple picked your brain along with a few other fellows, uh, including Dom, over at The Athletic, just to talk about you know, the Islanders and, and how they have been maintaining the success despite what appears to be these, these models that are out there. And, and, and you know, not to pick on Dom at all, but you know, he gets a lot of attention. He gets a lot of slack from Islander fans because his model has, has had the Islanders maybe lower than, than where they've been performing. So is there is there an across-the-board... I suppose, for lack of better terms, you know, imperfection, or is there just there's, is there something that needs to be caught up on with the numbers here, where where you have this Barry Trotz anomaly, and they're able to maintain these high save percentage and high defensive numbers? And granted, yes, it's it's been only 16 games, so maybe there's still time for that regression to the mean that everybody was talking about. But is there is there something to it here that 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 maybe is just kind of hasn't made it into these analytics yet that that can account for for what the Islanders have been doing at this at this year and a quarter mark here since Barry Trotz has taken over. It's certainly possible, uh, and I referenced this in the Athletic article, but it, it kind of made me rethink about how I look at the game. Uh, you know, not to say that the Islanders' way is necessarily the right way. It's certainly a different way than a lot of teams are winning, but. The Barry Trotz formula has been around for a while. He's done it in Nashville, he's done it in Washington, and he's doing it on Long Island now. So, you know, it's hard to, to ask uh, model creators to essentially rejigger their entire, you know, formula based off of one team. But I do think that it does require some introspection, and Dom certainly has done that over the summer where he went from shot attempts Corsi and has reflected his model to now uh, – capture expected goals. So that's one optimization that's kind of, we're seeing that across the board now where uh, it's not just about the quantity of attempts. It, it is more about where those attempts are being taken and how they are coming to light. Um, there's a lot more research that's taking place right now with the types of movements that are taking place before attempts are taken. There's more attention now being uh, placed on the defensive portion of the game, which are, you know, offense is kind of easy to quantify because things like shots and goals and things like that are, are pretty straightforward. Defense, there's so many contextual factors that go into it. And I think that's what a lot of people are starting to dig into now, which is what actually makes teams successful defensively. And the Islanders are certainly one of those teams where I would be looking at them and kind of be like, huh, what are they specifically doing that is, is driving them success? Because it isn't just, I mean, the goalies have been fantastic, but it isn't just about them making saves per right. se. It's about the things that are happening that lead up to them making those saves. And, you know, over the last 95 or so games, especially compared to uh, Trotz's predecessors, the Islanders goaltenders have, have had a lot easier time. And we can see that in Thomas uh, Grace's numbers. So, you know, it's certainly possible that there is something to this. And, you know, we are starting to see teams like Dallas uh, put more uh, kind of importance on shot quality, too. So it isn't just a Barry Trotz thing. Uh, it is a copycat league. So if the Islanders continue to have success, what will be really interesting to see is if other teams start to capture uh, and, and kind of take a look at what the Islanders are doing and reflect it themselves. They should, I would think, at this point, because I mean it's been working uh, since Barry got here. That's for certain. Um, 
Carrie, everybody said that after last season that the Islanders were crazy for letting Robin Leonard go and signing Semyon Varlamov to that contract. And meanwhile, here we are into the first part of the season, and the goaltending of this team hasn't missed a beat. Please explain this to me, because I was told that this was never going to be the case and that this was going to be a complete disaster. So maybe you can tell me why they are so good. Uh, I can't. Goaltending <laughs> is one of those positions that historically is super volatile, and it's really hard to predict things from one year to the next. And, you know, I, I think even if Robin Leonard had returned, the expectations were that, you know, could he do that again? Probably mm-hmm. not. But it, what's happening is Thomas Grice is having an even better season than he did last year. Semyon Varlamov is having basically an equivalent season to what Robin Leonard had, had put together last year. I mean, there's a lot that goes into, and, and Arthur Staple had a great article about this in The Athletic last week, which is the Islanders coaching staff, goaltending-wise, with Mitch Korn and Pierre Greco, they come uh, into, in a couple different manners. So it's kind of easy for goalies to pick up on what they're saying. It's not just one message. It's just one overarching philosophy. And that, you know, if, you, if goaltenders are connecting with one of those two guys, it kind of, you know, makes the process a lot easier. So, you know, Varlamov and Grace are not young guys. They've been around the league for a long time, Varlamov especially. And for, for him to have such a seamless transition into a system where, yes, you know, the team is, is you know, they know it by now. It, it's really interesting because it, these things are really hard to predict and at their ages, you would start to think that there might be a little bit of a decline. It's just not something we've seen. So, um, you know, I'm sure things like the load management that, and I, I know that's a buzzword, but there it's a true platoon and they are getting rest and I'm sure that's helpful. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really hard to predict. I think what it's one of the things that does need to be looked at closely because uh, you know, goaltenders will talk about technical tweaks that they're being asked to, uh, to, to make, but how that reflects in the numbers, you know, it's that that can be really hard to quantify. So, you know, as we move forward, it's, it's a question of, you know, they're probably, you know, Thomas Grice is probably not going to have a 942 save percentage all year, but it does, ha- it does bear a question of, you know, if he can be pretty consistent at a level that's near this, the Islanders are going to be in great shape. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we need to start taking a look at, at the goaltending coaches, specifically their philosophy and what are they doing and what are the goaltenders picking up on that is leading them to these results? Yeah, I mean, you look at Tom, Thomas Grice's numbers since Barry Trotz took over as coach. I mean, he's 30-15-2 with a 2.2 goals against and a 9.31 save percentage. I mean, this is a guy who's been a career backup his entire career. You know, is is he's a career backup. I mean, he's always been. He's gone from from San Jose to Phoenix to Pittsburgh to the Islanders. I mean, he never was able to nail down a full time job. He obviously he came here. He had a really nice first season. Uh, he had a horrible year. The team, the year that they had the worst defense in the history of the NHL, probably. And then since Barry has taken over, this guy is continually getting better and better. He is literally, at this point, the model of consistency when it comes to goaltending. And I think, and I'm not talking just about in the New York area. I'm talking about in the entire NHL. He is solid night in and night out. They put him in there. And, I mean, can we say that this is all on the fact that Mitch Korn and Piero Greco has, have been able to reach this, this, this guy? And I can't even call him a kid. He's 33 years old. So, I mean... Is is it is it coaching or is it a combination? Do you think of of the defensive structure and the way that he communicates with the defenseman? But I mean, it's 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 almost unbelievable that this guy has gotten to this point in his career and he has taken off like this. 
Yeah, no, it, it's definitely a combination. I think, you know, systematically there is repeatability in their game, which it makes life a lot easier for the goaltenders. You know, so, be, you know, basically uh, what it comes down to is just uh, kind of lauding the team for how they have thrived in an environment that has had a lot of change over the last couple of years. And, and Grice especially has been a key factor in that just with his performance and, and his kind of even keel mentality throughout all of this. So, um, really just giving him and the team at large a lot of props for all of that. Yeah, no question about it. And I have a, I don't know if it's an out-of-the-box question, but it's a little exploratory here. So I wanted to ask you, you know, the Islanders and their fans, well, the fans of the Islanders have been talking about, you know, adding to the scoring. And the funny thing is they're middle of the pack right now. They're averaging just over three goals a game. They're 15th overall in the league. So it looks like there has been an improvement there. I mean, you look, you know, very easily look at Matt Barzell. He's already got seven goals in the year. He's on pace for 36 right now. So clearly him shooting the puck more has definitely paid off. But it seems to be there's still a belief that, you know, they need to add at least one more guy to that top six to just add a little firepower, get the scoring up. Now, as far as analytics go and analyzing things, you know, you, you look across the league, and, and these aren't necessarily names that, that are available across the league, but, you know, maybe you take a look and you say, you know, what kind of player would they want to add in order to not only, you know, a guy with with good numbers, but maybe you look at line chemistry, right, or how some one player is going to complement another. Now, as far as the analytics go and then the metrics go, is there a way of, of looking at that and saying, hey, you know, um, a guy like Artemi Panarin versus a guy like James Neal in his prime or even Taylor Hall, like would there be a way to look at, you know, which type of player might be the guy, especially if you're looking at the top line to, to ride shotgun with Matt Barzell. Like, is there a way to look to see, like, how who might fit and who might not if you're if you're trying to just assess who you might want to add to the team going forward? Yeah, no, that is a fantastic question. So there have been a couple of metrics that have come out over the last couple of years from hockey viz, Michael McCurdy, and from uh, Evolving Hockey. And what it tries to do is essentially isolate the true offensive and defense defensive impact that players are having on a game and essentially what that kind of boils down to is is a player driving offense is like are they the primary driver of their line are they the ones that are are really contributing um you know agnostic of the players around them and that that goes for both offense and defense And, and that gets you somewhere but i think to answer your question more specifically specifically to the islanders you know player archetypes are an important thing and when you talk about fit uh, on a specific line, it really does come down to what the team needs. So, you know, for example, a team that has Matthew Barzell, who is an all-around player but is a pass-first guy, uh, you know, in that case, I may recommend more of a, a shooting-type player, sure. someone that has a lot of, of shooting skill and, and can maximize things like shooting percentage. Um, and, and, and in a lot of ways, that is simply just making sure that they're getting high-danger chances, they have good shoot, shooting skill, and they can essentially maximize the amount of chances that they're getting. Um, but it depends, right? If, like, if they didn't have Matthew Barzell, they might need, you know, more of a guy that can drive and be an all-three-zones uh, player, a transition guy, things like that. So, um, it, and, you know, then you get down into things like, uh, you know, lefty-righty and pass first versus shot first. You know, I think for the Islanders, um, they, they've gotten a lot of mileage out of Matthew Barzell this year and, and last year, obviously. Um, certainly, I think they could use a scorer, um, you know, if you take a look at where their guys are in terms of actual point production, you're not, you know, Barzell's close to a point per game, but no one else is really approaching that. And a lot of teams that do go far, uh, you know, offensively will have a guy or two that's up there. 
uh, alongside their stars. So, you know, certainly that would be an area that I look at. But at the same time, you know, if they got their hands on a guy that can drive a line, whether it's from center or wing, I think that would be equally as helpful too. So you, when it comes to talking about the top, top six and scoring help and things like that, um, the way that I think Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello would look at this team, they would look at it more from a systematic fit perspective than a one-tool sure. guy, which is, you know, Patrick Liney, for example, was a guy that was in the rumor mill a lot over the summer. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I didn't hear of anything that got particularly close there uh, from, you know, all the guys like Arthur Staple and the rumor mongers, the, the big Canadian guys. Uh, and I think, you know, in that scenario, part of what may have, move them away from him is that he's been a one-trick pony without the puck he hasn't been a positive impact player for the Jets his shooting talent is elite and one of the best in the league but you would be risking a lot to ask Barry Trust to reform him into a player that can play in all three zones and I think when you look at what the Islanders would want I think they would want a guy that has the ability uh, to to do that, which is why they were so hard after Artemi Panarin and at the trade deadline, they were so hard after Mark Stone, who might be low-key the best wing in the league. So those are the kinds of guys that they have really taken a shot at, guys that are true 200-foot players. And I think, you know, should anyone, Taylor Hall, for example, uh, the Devils remain out of it, come available, and the Islanders are still sitting at the top of the league, that could be a play where, you know, they may take a hard look at that and be like, yeah, this guy could come help. But it, it really does depend. It really is all about team context, and it is all about reflecting what systematically makes the most sense with the, the players that are already on the team. Well, yeah, and I, that's that's a lot, Carrie. <laughs> that's a lot right there, buddy. But listen, this is the last question I have for you. Is that this team has had a lot of injuries to this point? Okay, they had Everly yeah. down. You you you've seen some guys uh, be out of the lineup. Sezikis was down for a little bit. And you've seen some guys come up, and we've gotten a, a little bit of a window into the Cole Bardreau and Oliver Wallstrom, and just if you can, just a, uh, what you what you what you saw from the little bit that these guys were up with the team. You know, is there a few future uh or is there stuff that they need to work on while they're in bridgeport uh you know until they they become regulars in the lineup yeah walter is the star of those two and he definitely has a lot of potential i think barry trotz's quotes today were pretty telling about him you know kind of learning the full 200 foot game again that's something that the you know the team really stresses but his skill set is fantastic hit the release that he has um, on the, the couple of opportunities that were there for him, it was pretty remarkable for a 19-year-old kid. So I think long-term, yeah, he's definitely going to be a fixture in the lineup. Bardreau is a nice little story, right? Like he came up, he played really well uh, in the minutes that he had. He, he was a guy that worked really hard out there, really kind of smart player, knew what to do in, in all situations. Um, a, kind of a, a good Tanner Fritz-like player that can come in in a jump and, and just kind of, blend in and, and in a lot of ways that's all that they needed from him and he really went in and accomplished that and had a nice moment or two to go with it uh in terms of long-term future you know i think realistically he's going to have to produce a lot in bridgeport to get there but certainly the opportunity that was presented i think he took advantage of it um and you know good on him for that but wallstrom is the real key there i think you're probably not going to see him again this year because of the contract situation where they don't want to burn a year off of his entry deal but he's going to have a really good opportunity to make the team out of next year or out of camp next year i would imagine and um you know if he goes 
goes back over the summer and works on the things that they wanted to do, wouldn't be surprised if he makes the team out of camp. No question about it, Carrie. Well, listen, we want to thank you so much for just joining us here tonight, giving us your time. Uh, great stuff, and look forward to having you on, on again down the road. Thank you guys very much for having me. Absolutely. Take care, Carrie. Thanks, pal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Carrie Haber, the creator of thecapspace.com, as well as a contributor over at Lighthouse Hockey. Excellent stuff from him, Tony. And, yeah, you know, it's whether you're an old-school guy and you're more of a eye test kind of guy and just, you know, watching the games and not looking so much at the numbers or at least beyond what you see in goals, assists, and points and stuff like that. I mean, this is this is – it's here. It's it's it's. I wouldn't say it's taken over just yet, but it is certainly, you know, gaining some steam here as far as all these advanced metrics. I mean, the NHL.com finally adopted these numbers, and mm-hmm. you know, it seems like you're getting more and more metrics left and right. And if you really want to take a deep dive into, you know, just being able to interpret what's going on the ice into numbers, I mean, it's all there. And, and Carrie is one of the very best, especially uh, you know, we're spoiled having him, you know, being a guy involved with the Islanders and him covering them, you know. So if you ever want to just get a a deeper understanding of, of what these players are doing and how they're affecting the, the team overall, all you got to do is look at these advanced stats and, and you find out, you know, why guys like Leo Komarov get, you know, poo-pooed on all the time in Philpia last year because, you know, their possession numbers were just awful if you compare them to the rest of the team, the rest of the league. And, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why guys like that, you know, you know, you, you get people saying, why is this guy in the lineup? You know, because they're, they're, you can't you can't look at any any metrics that, that kind of justify, it, you know. So, you know, and, and speaking of Uncle Leo, he's coming back real soon. I guess his mm-hmm. illness and, and apparent neck injury, he had some kind of neck uh, situation going on where he, mm-hmm. he's going to be coming back from that. But but yeah, I mean, I, I know it's it's not for everybody. It seems like it's, you know, more of a younger crowd thing than an older crowd thing. But, uh, you know, the advanced stats and the metrics are definitely starting to take off and. You know, hopefully I can get a better understanding of it over time because sometimes, you know, I still take a look and and I see the color for pictures and and then I look at the numbers and I just start going cross-eyed. So I'm glad we have Carrie here to to help explain it, you know. Absolutely, and and he has got such a grasp on this. He, He does a tremendous job. He really does. And we are lucky as Islander fans to have him in the stable of fans that understand this stuff and is able to. And really, he does a great job. What he really does a great job is is by breaking it down so that you can understand what he's talking about, yeah, because I mean, a you lot see him of these... on Twitter and he's breaking it down by period. Yeah. He's, he's saying, "Oh, they look good here. Oh, they didn't look good there." And they'll do a, a post game assessment. So he's a good follow on Twitter. You can follow him at Habermetrics. Mm-hmm. So all good stuff there, Tony. Yeah, he's he's tremendous, and I, I I hope to someday be able to know a fraction of what he knows because. <laughs> I know. I, I am of yeah. the old school. Look, yeah. and, and it's always going to be this divide, okay? It happens in every sport, but it's always going to be this divide where you have the old school people who watch the games and you're looking at, they look at, they're looking at chemistry. They're looking at, you know, the way a player looks just out on the ice and the results. And then you're looking at, you have someone who's going to look at their, you know, uh, the analytical side of things where, you know, the stuff that Carrie does and you're going to say, well, this guy is producing, but it's a farce. It's not going to continue. And right. it's amazing how accurate some of these things are. But then you look at a, a, you look at a team like last year with the Islanders, with Filipula and Komarov. <laughs> well, they're they're making all these guys pull their hair out because they, yeah. they make these models or they have these. these... They keep smashing through them. <laughs> right. They they're they're an, they're an anomaly. But, you know, but it's good to hear Carrie comment and saying that you have teams like Dallas that are starting to adopt that kind of style. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, he, he's absolutely right. It is a league of imitation. It seems like whoever wins the cup before and granted, we know the Islanders didn't. But 
you know, whoever seems to win the cup before, every team is starting to model their team, you know, around that cup-winning team, you know, whether it's based on their size or their speed or their skill. And, you know, but look at what the Islanders did with the roster they had that nobody expected them to do last year. You know, and, and maybe you look at a team with, you know, a little more firepower that says, hey, we can do what the Islands are doing and maybe even be even better because they have, you know, like Dallas, right? They got Sagan. They got Radulov. They got all these guys that can, you know, put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. So I get it, but it is very interesting, and I love the fact that the, the Islanders are driving these stats guys crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I do too. I, it's, it's, <laughs> it, I do. I, re, I, I love it, the fact that, it, you know, at the beginning of the year, the, the mantra was prove them wrong again, right? and they're doing it. Uh, on a nightly basis, yeah. they're doing and they're proving everybody wrong. They're proving For the pundits sure. wrong. They're proving the analytics. They're proving everything wrong. They just they're going out there and they're playing and they're winning. And, and look, and it's only going to force these guys that are dedicating their time and effort into making these charts and graphs that some people don't want anything to do with. It's only going to force them to make them better. Mm-hmm. It's only going to force them to fine tune them where they can account for a team like the Islanders that you know perhaps don't you know fall under the same you know, uh, expectations that these, that these, you know, models have. And they say, well, look, obviously I got to tweak it. I got to fine tune it somehow because these guys are figuring out a way to justify the odds. You know, they talk about PDO, which is basically luck for better, for yeah. lack of better yeah, words. Yeah, puck luck. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Islanders had a high PDO all year last year and their shooting percentage was high. And their shooting percentage is, I think, top of the league this year. I was just looking, actually. If they're not tops, they're towards the, they're definitely towards the top. I mean, let me try to bring that up again. The, yeah, their shot percentage. Okay, they're sixth overall. They're they're basically putting the puck in the net at an eleven percent clip, mm. which is pretty high. Yes, and but they did it last year too. I remember everybody was talking about Philpula all year last year. How you know he barely put any shots in the net, but it seemed like half of them were always going. Yeah, in. going in the net, right? You know, so. Right. But the, again, it goes back to Barry Trotz and the quality over quantity mantra. They're not just throwing the puck from anywhere. They're they're basically biding their time until they get themselves into the right position to to get a high j- danger chance. Is why you keep hearing if you are paying attention to these advanced stats, you keep hearing phrases like high danger chances because that's where the Islanders are excelling at, and that's where you want to be shooting the puck from. No question. I mean, they just they are they have. I I, I don't want to you know you don't want to go off and, and say something ridiculous like they're revolutionizing the game, but they're definitely no. making they're definitely and we said it before they're opening eyes around the NHL and other organizations are going to start to look at what they're doing and how they're being as successful as they are and they are and yes they are going to try to start to mimic it. I mean look at what happened with the Devils when they started right, playing I the trap. Every say, look, freaking team tried to start playing the trap. There have been teams with defensive structure over the years that that have been adopted in different ways. I remember when. Minnesota came into the league and Jacques Lemaire was running that team. He basically mm-hmm. modeled that team again, uh, you know, after the Devils and they were playing defensive hockey. I remember it was with the Devils. That's Ottawa all used reason. to play was... the trap all the time. There was a lot of teams that used to do it. You had the the wings with the left wing lock. You know, you had all these different mm-hmm. defensive systems throughout the years. So no, Barry Trotz hasn't reinvented the wheel, but he's certainly been able to look at where the game is at today and he's been able to adopt a defensively structured system mm-hmm. that is defying these odds and these probabilities, which is making these guys go back to the drawing board and say, all right, I'm missing something here. Right. Where yeah. they can no longer say, ah, it's just a fluke. Ah, they're going to regress to the mean. We're seeing now, you know, Carrie said it already, what, around 95 games now. That's a pretty damn good sample size. Yeah, With exactly. essentially the same roster. So, obviously... 
you know, maybe they're not regressing to the mean. Doesn't mean like Harry said that you know Grice is going to have whatever it is a nine four two save percentage which all year. He has right now, which is insane. And he was nine twenty nine last year. So I mean, his his save percentage in the Barry Trotz era is nine thirty one. He's saving ninety three point one percent of all of the shots that are going and against you, him. And you still have Varlamov at nine two four after the Penguins game, which is still a great number. Right. It's still <laughs> towards the top of the league. Mm-hmm. So yeah, assuming this continues. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board on these things, and they're going to have to figure out a way to make it better. And then Agreed. everybody benefits from that. So, Agreed. You know, but, you know, Isles fans, if you still want to give Dom and <laughs> those guys jabs when they put out their, their weekly, you know, playoff chances, right? I think that's what Dom does over the athletic. And for some reason, even though the Islanders are third overall in the league, they still manage to be like, 16th or yeah. 8th or whatever it is because you know for playoff probability still banking on that oh they're going to they're going to fall eventually yeah we're well, going to be right when they finally happen but you know whatever all good stuff if you don't like it ignore it but if you again if you want to take a deeper dive into what's going on out there check out the advanced stuff it's all good stuff so tony the show rolls on hopefully uh <laughs> consistently for the for the rest of the way and let's dive into the games. Let's let's talk a little bit about what happened this week. We had three games. We talked about the scores. We'll talk about a little more about what happened in these games. Tuesday night, Sens come into the Barclays Center. I just I just want to have a one quick thing. Oh, to, have a quick thing. Okay. The uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs this evening by the final score of five to four. Oh. Robin Leonard made fifty three saves oh, good God. in that game. Wow. 53 wow. saves. And it also was announced during the game that Mitch Marner will miss the next four weeks oh, with an ankle wow. injury. That's brutal. Yes, it is. Wow. I wonder if they have any room in their salary cap to call anybody up because I think that is a no. Oof. 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 Should be interesting. Well, you never wish an injury on anybody. Nope. But, you know, that cap situation is going to be tough for the Leafs. And speaking of, they're going to be coming into town on Wednesday. Minus, Come to the Coliseum. Minus Mitch Marner. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be fun. That'll be revenge game part due at the Coliseum. I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. 53 saves, man. That is, that is something. He is winning the hearts of Chicago just like he did Long Island last yes, year. Good yes, for yes. him, man. Awesome and, stuff. And Toronto came back in that game. They were down They were down late, and they scored some late goals, and uh, he ends up with 53 saves, and apparently he made an unbelievable save right at the end of and the game. And that was in regulation, right? That was a yes. regulation loss for them? Yes. Okay, so they're going to stay at 22 points. So the Islanders got three up on them and about three games in hand, I think. So Toronto, I don't know. They're still struggling. They're still struggling. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about them later when we look at the week ahead. Could be. But there you have it, folks. The the live in-show update, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. And Robin Leonard defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you're interested. And they did it on 45, so that would technically be like the fan, you know, every 15, every 15 and 45. Wow. I mean, you're really killing it. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm on top, happen. I'm on top of things. You're That's really, I say. I'm just, this is why we have you. Yeah, really, it's really the only reason, so, <laughs> but, uh. All right. So, so here we go. go so ahead. back to you. Back to you. Thank you, sir. So Tuesday night marked the tenth win in a row for the winning streak. That's where it would end. And you have just to rattle off some numbers here. Cal Clutterbuck got his first goal of the season, but the big story of that night was Cole Bar Drow. In a very strange turn of events, the Islanders get their second penalty shot of the season, which happens to come what a week, two weeks after the first one. That happened to be against the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. They get another one against them, and this time it's Cole Bardreau 
And he goes in and he scores for his first National Hockey League goal on a penalty shot. You couldn't wipe the smile off the guy's face after it went in. And the boys gave him a great celebration Priceless. at the bench when he came, to, came through. So just another sign of, of what a tight-knit group this team has where you get this guy who came up, he plays a few games with them, and they're already super happy for him. And, you know, that was great to see. That was a lot of fun. So I like hats his, off to Barjo getting the goal. I like his comments after the game where they said, you know, what were you thinking when you were coming in? And he was thinking that I've I've been stopped on a couple of breakaways. Yeah, yeah, and he said, yeah. I was shooting this time. Right. <laughs> I wasn't right. going, making, trying to make the move. So hey, good look, for him. Yeah, and we talked about the fact that he's he's been sent down. I think he accl- acclimated himself very well in the mm-hmm. games that he got in. I don't know when we might see him again. I guess that depends on the injury bug. Injury bug, I but, I gotta say, I was I was happy with what he brought to the table Agreed. for for his role. You know, fourth line minutes, getting in there every now and then. I think he was fine, so I don't mind him coming back up if they have to. It's nice to see that you get a little surprise depth from a guy like Cole Barjo that none of us were talking about heading into this year. Nice sign by uh, nice sign by uh, uh, Chris Lamarillo. Chris Lamarillo. Yeah, that's a, no that's doubt. A, that's a good, a good find. Absolutely. So good stuff for him. And let's see, we touched on the fact that that was the the back to back penalty shot goals. Uh, Casey Zizika scored his first goal, which was short- shorthanded. That was a nice little play between Cal- him and Cal Clutterbuck. A couple of shorthanded goals this week. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting the they they changed roles in the in the next game. <laughs> it was Cal Clutterbuck from Casey Zizikas yes, on the shorthander. So those guys are getting back to their chemistry now that Zizikas is back. And you know, even though he went down yesterday, it seems like he's going to be all right, according to, to Barry Trotz. And you had Josh Bailey; he sealed the game. He scored the fourth goal to make it four to one. Uh, another little note that I'll make is is uh, Ross Johnson smacked around Kachuk a little bit. <laughs> That's a little revenge for, you see, for the last what, did you game. you see what he said to him? Uh, I know he used an expletive, yes. He he did I, not, I won't say he did not give an F. He, uh, I don't I, I, give uh he, he did not. It was beautiful. He did not. He smacked him around with his glove on a little bit, and that was a little, hey, we remember what happened last last time. A little game, a little pop there. So it, was, it was good. They, yeah, why not? Why not? When you're up by you know a few goals... Go for it. Let, keep him honest, right? And elite uh, elite winger Josh Bailey now has got a thirty one point six percent to say shot percentage. Quality <laughs> over quantity, baby. He That's is what got it's all about. Six goals on nineteen shots. Keep it coming, Josh. Keep go. shooting that puck. Keep shooting that puck. And Thomas Grice gets another win. He stops twenty seven of twenty eight shots, and everybody is feeling good about the double digit win streak. Then we get to Thursday. The Pittsburgh Penguins come into Brooklyn, and Casey Sezikis makes everybody feel great 19 seconds into the game. <laughs> they go up one nothing, and the Islanders are doing pretty well from there. We just talked about the Cal Clutterbuck shorthanded goal that he got from Casey Sezikis. Those first two periods were pretty dominant on their part. Yeah, they, they looked good. They played really, really they well looked the first good. two periods. So Anders Lee made it 3 nothing three minutes after Clutterbuck's uh, shorthanded goal in the second period, but then the second intermission comes. That first, that third goal period, comes. early in the third period. I think with Brian Rust had the first. His Brian Rust first goal. I think it was early in the third. Mm-hmm. Was only about three minutes in, two and a half to three minutes into the to the third period. And then you could see right there, like that was a momentum shift. No, it was Jared McCann. Oh, it was McCann. A minute right. and a half. That that was the three-one uh, goal for yeah, Pittsburgh, and that was you could tell that that and then Pittsburgh Russ scored about five minutes later. Yeah, that you could tell they fed off that. It wasn't the fact that I thought that the Islanders retracted on that. It was that Pittsburgh smelled blood in the water, 
And look, this is still the Pittsburgh Penguins. There's a tremendous and they've been amount good this of year. Uh, yeah, they, McCann. They've... I believe what he had three, three or four. He had three points in that game. Did he? Have, they, had four, they have three or four points in that game. He had three points at least. Yeah, goal and two assists. He had three points. Yeah, goal and two assists. Yeah. So he factored in on every third period goal. Yeah, and that's. Right. I mean, it was it, it 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 was it was a really it was a good performance by Pittsburgh. I have to give it to them. They it was. I think it was. It more... was a rare moment of the Islanders taking their foot off the gas. Yes, they had a three nothing lead. Everybody talks about the dreaded three goal lead, and it, it it's it was just so uncharacteristic for the Islanders to to a you know give up a third period lead to begin with, but. Three goals in the third period. You just don't really see it under these these Barry Trotz Islanders. But, you know, you love to see Barry quick to say it after the game. It won't be a trend like you mentioned earlier in the show. So, look, there's nothing much. There's not much good to say about it. They they coughed up three goals. It should. The truth is they should be on a 12 game winning streak right now. They should have been able to put the clamp down on that third period. They didn't. There's going to be games like that. Unfortunately, there's going to be more games like that. Maybe not giving up three goals in the third period. But it's an 82-game season. You can't play a full 60 minutes as much as you want to. It just, it's just not going to happen. It right. happens to every team in the league. Yeah. So, again, I think it was just an, uh, a wound easier to bear just because of where it, it, it ended up after this 10-game winning streak. You can brush it off because, look, not, not to say that yesterday was perfect or pretty, but they got back on the winning, winning uh, side of things with the 2-1 win against Florida. So let, Thursday night didn't go well against Pittsburgh, but they still get the point in overtime. The point streak continu- continues. And, look, there's still not a lot to complain about here. So, fast forward to yesterday. You get another afternoon game where now the Islanders seem to be pretty successful. And I think we as fans used to dread the matinees. I know I did. But they've turned that around, at least under Barry Trotz. They're doing Mm -hmm. much better in the matinee games. And you get the 2-1 victory against Florida. And we'll just talk a little bit about what happened there. Uh, How about that goal from Barzell just after the beautiful goal? penalty expired about mm-hmm. six minutes into the first everybody of course Wait. was screaming shoot and he waited him out waited it out waited, waited him out, out made him look like clowns puts him on his backhand and a uh, great great goal there and that gets things started and then it took until the third period for the panthers to finally strike on the scoreboard i mean look the islanders can play a low scoring game but you're not going to be able to hang on to one nothing leads all the time. I'll tell you though, and so, I, this is the first look that we've had at Florida this year under Joel Quenville, and that Alex. First of all, is Alex Barkov? He is something special, isn't he? They bro? have a lot of talent on that they team. They really do, but he. I'm is telling you, buddy, they're making the playoffs this year. He is spectacular. They stay I mean, healthy. They're making I, the playoffs. I, I love Justin Huberto. I really do. I think you've he's been a, a fan of his ever since he was drafted. Yes, I remember. I'm very, very. I've always been very high on Justin Huberto. But he, I mean, he he exploded at the in the second half of last season. He ended up with ninety two points. He's ha- he's having a great start to this year too. And and but Alex Barkov, man, I'm telling you, when if some people were like, what what are they doing choosing a Russian kid, you know, that high, a top five pick in the draft? What are you doing for taking this kid? And he has not disappointed at all. He is a tremendous. No, tremendous I will I will take four out of four points against the Florida Panthers here mm. in, in the early going of the season, no without a doubt. So look. They get the tying goal, but and Barry Trotz touched on this at the end of the game. He said it's, it said a lot about this team where they bounce right back. Scott right Mayfield back. puts that shot on from the point, goes in. That's his second goal of the year. So I think it's it one hit like one. Four people on the way through, didn't it? Well, I guess none of them were Islanders because Mayfield got yeah, credit for the goal. Did. Yes, he did. So whatever the case, it finds the back of the net. As as I like to comment, he always seems to find a way to get the puck to the net. This mm-hmm. time it goes in. True. And after that, they kind of hung on for dear life. <laughs> after that, the Panthers 
Uh, they threw they everything came, they, they had at they him. They came at him, but Thomas Grice, man, he he held strong. He had himself quite quite the game and an an assist uh, an unaccredited assist to Jordan Eberle who had uh, probably the save of the week uh, in in that game (laughs) yes he makes his triumphant return to the ice he doesn't get on the score sheet but but he makes arguably the biggest save of the game kick save and a butte from him he got down on his knees it was it was I don't know he took it in the gut he took it in the chest I I can't imagine that felt good but he sacrificed the body Especially coming back from an injury. And kept the puck out of the net. Kept the puck out of the net. Get a lot of credit on that one. So whether he gets a Hero of the Week honor or not, he was definitely a Hero of the Night Mm. (laughs) or the Day. Oh, you're dropping hints now. Buddy, you know, we got to do it. We got to do it. We got the Hero coming up later. So, yes, nice touch on Jordan Eberle. Another guy I want to touch on that Eric Hornick pointed out on Twitter and also, of course, on his NYI skinny Brock Nelson led all skaters in ice time, a career high at 24 minutes, 35 seconds. He played in all situations, power play, penalty kill, obviously five on five, and had himself a night. I said it on Twitter after Eric put that out there. I said, you know what? Brovember doesn't always show up in the goal column. No, and honestly, it was a really good sign because he had an it, assist. It was, he it, had an assist. It was his. It was his giveaway in overtime that led to the to the uh, to the winning goal for Pittsburgh. And yeah, you know, and I actually meant to to bring that up. I, I kind of got lost uh, lost in it there, but yeah, I mean, he had a good day yesterday. But uh, Brock Brock, uh, he got his pocket picked behind the net. It was just that was just a sloppy, you know, ten fifteen seconds in there. It was to, and, to, and, to and, begin and, with. They and, had they had a chance said, to get rid of it. They didn't. They didn't. And you know, uh, uncharacteristically, Rust was just a man on a mission there. Yeah, and it was an uncharacteristically sloppy portion of that game that led to that goal right nelson has been very solid throughout the whole season without a doubt and to see him come back the you know the, yeah the nice to game, see barry put faith in him after that give him and he a played, career high in, in in uh you know minutes, minutes and yeah. he played great so yeah. give him a lot of credit for bouncing back and not letting it uh hang on his shoulder there so that's uh good for him absolutely and i guess the only bad news coming out of that game really is uh cases Ezekis left in the second period he did not return but since then, Barry Trotz seems to think he's going to be okay. I believe he got a maintenance day of practice today. Uh, him along with Anders Lee, I yes, think it was. Yes, Anders Lee also. So just a maintenance day. They are off tomorrow. I'm stealing that nugget from Andrew Gross. I saw that on Twitter. So they'll be off tomorrow, and then they will have practice on Tuesday. And as we already said, they'll be playing the Loafs on Wednesday. So back on the winning side of things yesterday, they did not waste any time. That extends their point streak to 12 games. That is the longest in Post-Cup era, Tony. So they are continuing to shatter these streaks and records and whatnot that this team has has had over the past 25, 30 years, whatever you want to call it. So feels good to be back on the winning side of things. Yeah, feels absolutely. Good. And it's, it's good to see um, – it's good to see – some performances that we've seen out of people, but I mean, you know, Matt Barzell is his numbers are, are look real good at 14 points in 16 games. He's a plus 12, That's which nice. is very impressive. Sure, through and 16 games, absolutely. Josh, as we said, Josh Bailey, 6'6, six, six, 12 in, in, in 16 games. Uh, Nelson's got 11 points in 16 games. Anders Lee, five goals, 10 assists, 16 games. He's a plus nine, which is very nice to see. Uh, and Devon Taves leads uh, the defenseman in points. He's got 10 points in 16 games so Love far, it. which is great. Love it. Derek Broussard's got five goals and eight points in 16 games. Uh, Johnny Boychuk has got seven points 
So it's nice, you see, you, you know, to see a lot of good things, folks. A lot, a lot, lot of, of good things. things. Uh, look, and there's, and there's, uh, you, you have, um, what do you got here? Adam Pellick's a plus seven. You got Zizekas a plus six. Clutterbuck's a plus eight. So very, very. A lot of pretty numbers there, Tony. It's a lot of promising things going on right now. You're getting some guys that have been injured that are going to be starting to come back. Uncle Leo, I thought, was playing really well for the first seven for games Uncle of the Leo. season. Yes, yes I absolutely. thought that was good. You got Everly back in the lineup. Unfortunately, Noah Dobson, who I thought played well when he was in the lineup, is now back in the press box. Uh, I was a, I was a really good interview, actually, that they had. Uh, I think it was Andrew Gross had with, uh, with Noah Dobson. Uh, on his understanding of how Barry intends to incorporate him into the lineup and continuing on. And I think this is going to be something where, obviously, it would have been a situation like Devontae's last year with Bridgeport. They can't do that with him, so they got to bring him along slowly. But I think as the year goes on, you're going to start to see more and more of Noah Dobson. Yeah, whether whether it's by way of injury or not. I mean, look, they want him to get in there when they can get him in there. So it's going to happen. We've talked about it. And I'm not worried about it. I, I get it. I understand the concern. You want the kid playing. You want him getting minutes. You want him learning the NHL game. Absolutely. And I think they're going to manage in the right way. I have full faith in Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo. I'm not. I'm not concerned, especially you know at this stage of the game of the season. So agreed. Nothing but good things. And 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 last little little nugget on this whole 12 game point scoring, uh, 12 game point streak for the New York Islanders. They have not lost in regulation since October 11th versus the Hurricanes. That 5-2 loss against the Canes. So. As of tomorrow, it will have month. been a calendar month since they lost a game in regulation. That's so, great. once again, a lot of good things happening despite the speed bump in the way against the Penguins on Thursday. And, you know, you bring up guys getting healthy, guys coming back. We, we talked about Everly, Letty getting back, talk about Uncle Leo. And,. How now? You got to talk about how this affects the lineup. You got Lad knocking on the door. He he scored today for Bridgeport. He did now. I don't I don't know if he has another game or, or no, two. It's his this is it. He's, yes, because the way because Bridgeport. You know, I'll bring it up because I had it here. Uh, Bridgeport played uh, yesterday and today. Okay, and playing in tomorrow. So he okay. is not going to be in the lineup tomorrow. His conditioning stint was supposed to end on Wednesday. And they, and extended, they extended it. it for two games. Okay, so, so this that is was it. Saturday and Sunday. All right, so let's talk about this, Tony, because Andrew Ladd has been, and we, we have brought up his name already this season, but look, now he is coming back. We don't know for sure if he's going to get in the lineup on Wednesday, but it is inevitable, whether it, whether it comes Wednesday or soon after. So you have all these guys getting healthy, and... Andrew Ladd is never going to make you guys 100% happy. It's just never going to happen. He's never going to live up to that contract he has. That $5.5 million a year that he's making, he's not going to live up to it. Not happening. Agreed. That said, he is still a guy who can contribute to this team. Yes. He can still be a leader on this team. He can still put numbers on the board. And, look, if Barry Trotz likes his game, I'm not going to say much after that. You know, I mean, Barry Trotz wants him in the lineup. He sees him as somebody who can contribute and help this team. If he didn't, the guy'd still be on a condition, conditioning stint in Bridgeport. It wouldn't be over tonight. Right. You know what I mean? Agreed. So let's just see where this goes. Now, we've already seen some interesting tinkering with the lineup going back to yesterday. We saw Josh Bailey playing with Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck. I didn't see that coming. But when you get these guys healthy... And when you have that changeup of Derek Broussard getting on Brock Nelson's wing since the center position wasn't working out for him, right. you kind of got to shuffle the deck a little bit here. And, you know, I guess at least for yesterday, Barry Trotz felt it better to drop Bailey down to the Zizekas line as opposed to, 
you know, putting Broussard back on the third line, center line. So right. it's going to be interesting to see now with Ladd and Leo coming back and if Sezikis is ready to go on Wednesday, which it sounds like he will, just what they're going to do and maybe we can try to have a little fun with how this lineup might look. I don't think they're going to touch that first line. It looks like Barry wanted Everly back with Barzell and Lee immediately. We saw that. Right. So that's not going to get touched. You know, I think the question is, are we going to see Broussard center the third line? Or are they going to put Leo there and leave Broussard where he is next to Nelson? I think the, I think the, that's got to be and then, the consideration at this point. Is so maybe we're looking at, it, it, let's assume Ladd does come back Wednesday. They may not be ready to put him in the lineup yet, but let's say he does. I guess maybe he lines up in the left wing next to Leo in the in the middle, right? And then what? I would have to think that Del Cole is the first guy that yeah, comes I out guess of the lineup so, because right? he's you know they've given him a lot of opportunity to to do his thing here, and he's got three points through the first what twelve games, thirteen games of the season, so sixteen right. games. So no, I, a, I I think I think you're onto something there. I think Del Cole might be the first guy to come out. I'm just trying to think of. You know how these lines are going to be structured here. I mean, you got Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Martin still out. You know, maybe Johnson. You know, continues to take a seat here. I mean, who who you got on the right side with Ladd and, and Leo Komarov? Who who am I forgetting here? Who's going to be on the? Would that you be? You got Bavillier is the one we haven't. Talked yes, about. Anthony Bavillier. There it is. That's the man I was forgetting about. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Anthony. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tito. So yeah, I guess you see maybe Ladd, Leo, and Bavillier, and then. If they want to keep this Bailey experiment with Sezikis going, you I got guess. Ross the boss too. So well, you do, but I mean, who's who's sitting for for Ross the boss in this scenario? Which of the guys that we just rattled no, off? I'm just, no, I'm just just you know adding in that you know they will they will be putting him in and out of the lineup as they need him. So yeah, I mean, unless unless you do put, I don't know, maybe you put Bizarre back at that center spot. Maybe you put Leo with Sezikis and Clutterbuck. On the left side, because well, I mean, that was working early on in the season too. Maybe they yeah, put Broussard back. Maybe you put Bavillier in the middle. I mean, there's there's some different things that you right. can do. Anthony's played in the middle. You know, I'd like. I wouldn't mind seeing. Also. Look, if 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 they have to force Bailey somewhere off the top six, I wouldn't mind seeing him trying to dish the puck to Andrew Ladd. You I would know, maybe I would, put Bailey on the right you can side have there. Him dish to anybody. I mean, yeah, you know, sure. You know, so I, that would be sure. great. Look, so. I'm not saying it's ideal, but maybe you see Andrew Ladd with uh, with Bailey and 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 Broussard in the middle. I don't mm-hmm. know. We're gonna see how it how it goes. Barry's gonna take care of that, folks. We're we're just you know guys trying to figure it out, speculating. But they got to do something because it looks like they're gonna have a very healthy forward core, and and Barry's gonna have to make some decisions. But I do think you're right. I think Dal Cole steps out. I think Johnson's gonna be in the press box and. We'll let Barry take it from there, and as right. long as they, you know, beat the Leafs on Wednesday, that's all we care about. That's all that I don't care who does it; just all do that it. Matters. That's all that matters. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what he does. So, let's see what else we got going here, pal. Let's. You, we, you touched on Matt Barzell a little bit, and let's talk about the fact that he is right now on pace for thirty-six goals this season, and seventy-two points. That's right, because he's got seven and seven right now, mm-hmm. which is pretty balanced, which is pretty nice. Now, 72 points isn't the 85 that we saw in his rookie season, but it also is not the 62-63 we saw last year. Yes, that's a little middle uptick, ground right uptick, now. Yeah, uptick we like the, the uptick. They are putting more points on the board, more goals on the board. So the good thing is is Barzell and guys like Bailey as well are listening. They are shooting the puck more, which is good. And 
you know, is this a pace that he's going to be able to keep up as far as the goal scoring front? I think he'll. I actually think that he'll probably accelerate this pace at some point. Remember that he's only got two points on the power play. They're not getting any power plays recently. Yes, it's so still happening. It's still going it's on. Unbelievable. That's, that cannot continue. I mean, I don't. I don't need to be an analytics person to tell you that this is friggin' <laughs> impossible. That this is going to continue. Well, so. you know, it's only a joke for so long, right? You know, yeah, I've been calling it the great power play conspiracy. Yeah, it's, and. It's definitely not going to continue. I mean, at I some point or another, they're going to get a game where they got there, five. There is not some <laughs> league-wide conspiracy where, where you know, Barry, uh, sorry, Gary Bettman told the refs, hey, look, you know, pocket the whistles when, <laughs> when the Islanders are getting hooked and, and yeah, slashed no, and everything. I can't I, imagine that's happening. But now when you're you're through 16 games and it's just so disparate, the number of power plays they're getting compared to the rest of the league, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the the other problem is is that you don't have a true agitator on this on this team. You know, you thought what? that that Leo would be. In, well, I mean, you Cal, know, Leo. Cal, yeah, but Cal has not been has not been drawing penalties this year. I mean, he's been out there. Is that and, is that on Cal or is that on the the refs pocket and the whistles? Well, I mean, look, I, I mean, th- there's always a, there's always at least I a mean, call or Matt two Barzell should be drawing a lot more penalties. I mean, we're seeing him wincing every other shift because he's getting a, a stick on his wrist. Yeah, but and nothing's all, getting called. You also know that early on in the season, you know, t- the referees tend to. I mean, usually early on in the season, they tend to call everything to kind of keep everything, you know, to 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 enforce the rules that have been, you know, to remind everybody, like, hey guys, you can't be doing this, but. It's it, it's it's baffling to see that they're still only getting a power play or two or none on a nightly basis. But that that is has has to change. There's no <laughs> way that this is going to continue for the next twenty twenty five games. It just can't. I, I don't know. I mean, how I I don't know how long it's going to go. But the I don't know how long it's going to go is, either. But it can't go for the next twenty. It's minutes. still it's, it's just, still going. I'm just trying to look look up what the the current numbers are as far as opportunities compared to everybody else. But of course, I'm failing miserably at that. I can only see the percentage. I mean, I guess the the one decent thing is wow, they've actually dropped Tony earlier on in the year. They were what top three, top five in the league. They are now nineteenth overall. They have they are successful at a seventeen point eight clip on the power play, but you know I guess when you're not getting power plays, it's 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 going to take a dive because you go a couple games barely having the man advantage, and you're not keeping your your power play guys fresh. I mean maybe, maybe I'm trying to come up with excuses here, but uh, I look it's still it's still worlds better than it was last year. I mean there's no doubt about that. And we know that that's not difficult to do, but yeah, I mean think about how many more goals they might even have put up on the season so far if they were getting the power plays they should be getting if if they were just league average with opportunities you know maybe maybe they they have another two or three points in the season even though they they practically gobbled up all the available points so far well yeah, and that's and that's the thing here and you also got to remember that you know good penalty kill teams are, are killing off 80% of their uh, of their penalty kills of their penalties again so if you're only getting one or two per game, I mean, and they're killing them off at a seventy-five or eighty percent clip, yeah, it's it the the deck is stacked against them. So, I mean, uh, look, you can you can look at any of this, you can look at any of this stuff at this point, and it, it's just it. There's no data to suggest that this is possible, that this can stay. This this is going to be long term. So can't. so here you go. Here's here's where it currently stands. The Islanders have had twenty-eight power play opportunities in sixteen games, which is unheard of by far the lowest 
Next What's up. What's the team up above them? Anaheim and Tampa both have 42. That, okay, it's like, like I'm saying. It's it's just it's it, 42. It's, com- it's impossible that, that is this is going to stay 14 like this. more opportunities. And the league average now. I mean, how about this? You want All right. Just take a guess at what the most amount of power play opportunities have been handed out to a team. Just take give me a number. Um give me a number. A number? Yeah, like how many do you 100. think? No, no, come on. It's not that crazy. But that being said, the Vancouver Canucks have had the most power play opportunities so far this season, 73. Wow. That is 45 more power plays than the Islanders of my And how many the Islanders have? 26? 28. 28. That's, so that's, that's a difference of 45. Yeah. 45 power plays. Not minutes. <laughs> Actual power plays. So they've had three times as many power plays. That's bananas. Yeah, it is crazy. That's bananas. It is. It's crazy. Colorado, 71. Calgary, Calgary, Toronto, and Nashville, and Vegas, all 66. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. One it third really of those, those teams, practically. How does that happen? I, I wish I could tell you. That's, that is, it's, that's odd. It's just it's, the whole thing is odd. It's it's very strange. It's very very strange. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. It is what it is, and and hopefully it balances out. And if and when it does, they take they take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, what else can you say? It's just, the only thing you can say is that you know it's, it, eventually it's got to come to an end, and they're going to start seeing regular power plays. Yeah, I, I guess so. Gotta it's gotta. I guess so. And now just to just to look at the. Um, the penalty kill, kill opportunities. I'm trying to bring up them up too, and and once again, I'm, I'm I'm struggling, so so I may not be able to help you guys out here. Maybe I'll bring it up later because I don't want to waste too much time. But needless to say, needless to say, the the power play disparity just is is boggling to the mind, and hopefully it finally balances out. Because I mean, it's just a shame that there's opportunities that they probably should have had, and 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 they could have made the difference in a tight game against the Penguins or whomever else, you know. So we'll see. Agreed. We'll see what happens. So, Tony, we're, we're just about approaching the ten fifteen mark here, so I think it's time to break and do a little Hero of the Week, and then we'll look at the week ahead, and we'll wrap this thing up. Sound good? Uh, sure. All right, folks, thanks a lot for sticking with us here at Hockey Night New York. Remember, you can always listen live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, the Hero of the Week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. 
All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. program ladies and gentlemen you're listening to hockey night in new york with sean cuthbert myself and tony's himself and it is now time for the hero of the week and since tony went first last week that means i'm going first this week so tony you get two wins out of three there's probably a couple of guys on your list that you might be considering for this this award this weekly award that's so dear to us here at hockey night in new york and uh, I got a certain guy in mind, though. You, you took a guess in the break and who it was, who was going to be. I didn't tell you yes or no, but you were wrong. It's not going to be that guy. Really? Really? It's not going to be that guy. Okay. For me, folks, your hero of the week. Two wins in two games. You're talking Thomas Grice. Thomas Grice is my hero of the week. Fantastic performance yesterday against Florida. Great performance against Ottawa on Tuesday. The guy is leading the league with a 9-4-2 save percentage. He's proven everybody wrong again, as Tony brought up earlier. He's got Barry Trotz. He's got Piero Greco. He's got Mitch Korn leading the way. And Thomas Grice put on a marvelous performance this week. He's my hero of the week. Outstanding stuff, man. Thanks, man. Outstanding I appreciate stuff. that. Look, pal, I mean, he saved 27 out of 28 Tuesday. He saved 37 out of 38 yesterday. Only one goal each game. I mean, the guy, the guy's on fire. Let's just be honest. I agree. I agree with you. And He's I agree playing with great. You. I agree with you so much. That, well, you know what? We need to stop this for a second because, uh, you know what? I, I agree with you so much that I think that we should change the, 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 the song that we play when we get to this. What? We, we, we should, we should not play this song, which we should be playing. This song, <laughs> this is what we should be playing because Thomas Grice is the hero of the week. Two wins, two the games. Grice is right, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. The Grice, Grice is, right. is right. This is it. <laughs> New song for hero of the week because well, this is Thomas Grice's Thomas. song. It's for Thomas. We're not going to play this if... if you know, Cal Clutterbuck wins the hero of the week. We're not going to play The Price is Right. Doesn't right. make sense. Doesn't right. make sense, Tony. Uh, all right. I agree with that. But I, I kind of But I when, we're, when we're singing Thomas Grice's praises, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll bust the song out every now and then. Okay. It's well, a lot of fun. This is, this is a fun one. I like this. It's a fun one. Yeah, so. But that's. Uh, <laughs> so you're with me on that. You don't have a hero. You're, you're going with me on Grice? I'm going to go with you on Grice. So. Wow. I'm going to go with you on this week, it is, folks. It is, and this is Thomas very rare. Rice. If you listen, to, if you if you listen to the show, you'll know this is yeah. Well, very t- I mean, rare. that's kind of your fault, Tony. Because even if even if you agree with me when I go first, you just like to pick somebody else to change up. I know, I know that's the deal. 
I know that's what you do. I think you're not you, you're not fooling think, anybody. I think you do that more than I do. Probably. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. If, we went, the last th- time if we went you through the archives, pal, go ahead. Go I have now. agreed with you on the hero more than once. In fact, I believe it was recently. I don't remember who it was or or which week it was. It might have been the first week. But it happens. I don't. So I don't remember the last time you agreed with me when I went first. It was but about, it's happened today. It was about thirty seconds ago. Well, aside from that, <laughs> you wise guy. All right. Aside from that, all right. Well, here we are in happy Griceland. The Grice is right. Had a great week, and keep the keep the goalie rotation going. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really fault Varlamov for the loss it, on I Thursday. Mean, He's still playing great. His numbers are still good. Keep it going. Uh, let's see Varlamov in there Wednesday against the Leafs. But it seems like let's see let's see it happen. Just keep keep the rotation going. Why mess with the bad thing? They've won 11 out of their past 12 games. Agreed. Points in the last 12 games. Keep it going. The Grice is right. I think I think you can <laughs> you can uh, fade that one out. I now. just I wanted to play that part <laughs> I mean, that nobody ever heard before. Oh I mean, the uh, oh yeah at the end. <laughs> I mean it's only 30 <laughs> seconds more. What does it matter? I guess I guess we yeah. can survive. It's yeah. it's fun. It's, it's adding a, a new flavor. So so while the song is. It's going on Here in the background. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take a quick look at the week ahead, or do you want to do the Bridgeport Report with Tony Stabile? Let's do the Bridgeport Report with okay. Tony Stabile. All right. Go How's for it, pal. Sound? Tell us what's going on. Okay. Not a hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so not much has changed from last week. Yeah, no, not much has changed. But I will tell you that the goaltending in Bridgeport has definitely gotten a lot, lot better. Okay, that's okay? good. So, uh, so we go to um, – they had four games this week in uh, – in, uh, no, I'm sorry. They only had three games. Uh, in Bridgeport so far, no. Yes, today was the fourth. Come on, guy, get it together. It's, it's. I'm sorry because they didn't. They didn't post the uh, the, the latest score. I had to go and, and find it myself. But All right. so they started the week off uh, good last Sunday uh, against the Lehigh Va- the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They win four to three in that game. They come back. They win one nothing against Springfield on Wednesday, and then we get to this weekend. Providence Bruins come in yesterday and they win four to one. Today against the Belleville Senators. When you say then, two, you mean the Bruins won. The Bruins, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Lost, lost. And lost. Wallstrom had the long goal in that game? Wallstrom had the long goal yesterday. Andrew Ladd scored the long goal and a loss to the Belleville Senators today. So a two-and-two two week for Bridgeport. But I will tell you that today <laughs> against Belleville, uh, Jacob Scarrick, the uh, the Islanders' young uh, third-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, from last season, played 28 out of 30. His save percentage now sits at 900. Okay. He has lost, uh, I believe it's two of his games, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, he's one and two. He's got a 900 save percentage. His uh, goals against average is sitting at three, but he had one really bad start. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Jared Crow is now out of the rotation, as it so seems for for Bridgeport after losing five games and having an 872 save percentage. Chris Gibson has been outstanding. He's uh, he's two two and two nine sixteen save two three one goals against average. So that that you like to see. Uh, he's been uh, he's been solid for them. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom now has got four points in six games with Bridgeport, which is nice to see. Keep it up, buddy. Otto Corvola, who has done, who's definitely getting his uh, frequent flyer miles or wherever he's doing. Or, Dude, he is running up the miles on his car lease if he has one. I, I, I mean, I, I hope they're not Ubering him back and forth. I mean, it would be nice if <laughs> that they would, would be costly. Yeah, I would, I would say so. But poor kid, so, man, he keeps going back and forth. He can't get in. I, I don't. He I, will. He'll get in. He he'll will. get in eventually. He's being a good soldier. But corvola has got five points in ten games so far. He's a minus eight, but is a really a lot of ugly numbers on this uh, on this Bridgeport team. So, but he's got five points in ten games, which is nice. Uh, David Quinville, who's a guy who was chosen uh, late in the uh, in a draft, I believe it was like 
four years ago. He's a smallish type defenseman. He has uh, been getting into some games at Bridgeport. He's got four points in eight games, which is nice to see from him. Okay. There are two. There's a guy on his team that is not performing, which is a little uh, concerning. That's Kiefer Bellows. Yeah. 15 games, one goal, two assists, three Good. points. He is a minus 11. That is ugly. Yes. It that is, is ugly. very, very ugly. He's got 33 shots on goal. He's only got one goal so far this year. That's a little uh, disheartening. That's yeah. That's bad you, news. If you, tell them, if you ask that's me, that's bad news. But um, so yeah. So other than that, also just uh, the last thing from uh, from Bridgeport is Ryan McKinnon is a uh, Sayasa native, native uh, Long Island kid, mm-hmm. has decided to step away from professional hockey at this point. Ah, uh, yes. So he that. wasn't officially retiring, but he is going. He has uh, left the organization at this point. Okay. And uh, right. he is going to pursue other uh, other avenues for his professional career. Kid went to Yale, so I'm assuming he'll have a, no problem finding a job. Somewhere. Dude's got a brain. Yes. So Dude's got a brain. Good for him. Uh, sorry to see him go. He's, uh, he's a guy who wowed a couple of, uh, in a couple of uh, prospect games over over the last couple of summers, kid obviously had talent, but uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall, I guess, and decided to move on with his career. Um, Got to do what's best for you, man. Absolutely. So that is the Bridgeport report. They are uh, they are still struggling a little bit, but it seems that they have finally put a cap on this uh, on their goaltending problems, and uh, I think now it's just a matter. Now of they got to work the, on the losing problems. Yes, and putting the puck in the net, considering that the last two games they've only have a goal in each game. Yeah, so. that's that's bad. That is bad. So that's something that they need to work <laughs> right. on. So we'll we'll keep an eye on, uh, wah, on Bridgeport. Wah. Yeah. All right. Well, now that that's out of the way, let's take a quick look at the week ahead. When, when there's, there's not a lot going on. There's only two games between now and next Sunday. And we already touched Love on the one. the schedule maker. Whoever did it, let me tell you. I, Bang up job. Come on. Give give the guy a break. I That is one I, job I, I don't want. Guy. I know his guy. It could be a female. It's probably multiple people. It's probably multiple people. Probably a computer. I I am sure computers are involved. I I would imagine in 2019 that That computers are involved. That's the hard-hitting analysis that we expect out of you, Sean, on a weekly basis. Well, if we're being fair, Tony, you brought the computers up first. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. (laughs) So anyway, Wednesday night, Pajama Boys coming back to the Coliseum. Curious to see what the turnout's going to be and reaction is going to be now that this is part due of the of Revenge Night. I, I can't imagine it's going to be as boisterous or, you know, bananas as it was last year. But I feel like a lot of people say, you okay, pal? Tony uh, almost just spit Diet sorry. Coke all, I'm over, so, uh, all yeah, over his I, keyboard. I, 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 you all right? <laughs> anyway. I, I hate to tell you, buddy, but I completely disagree. I think it's going to be as bad you do, at, if not really, wor- at, if not if not worse. worse, yes. No, I don't think so. I think everybody got this stuff out last week. Again, that's not to say I don't think people are going to be showing up again. You know, with the the snake jerseys and all that. I don't think anything's getting thrown on the ice. I don't well, think like whatever. That, but I think that the the reception. It's, to it's him still going to be bad. I just going to be don't think it's going to be at the level of, uh, that know. it was last year. I, I think people still have a lot of venom for this guy. I don't think that's going away, buddy. I'm telling you, tickets were double the price last year for this game. That's that's different. The demand that's is lower, different. which means the interest is lower, which means you're not going to get the same. Again, I'm talking level. You're still going to get the vitriol. It's going to happen. Anytime this guy comes, whether it's the Coliseum, the Barclays Center, or Belmont when it's open, whenever this guy enters the building and he plays in New York Islanders, he's going to get booed. That is, that is the future he set for himself. That's just how it's going to be. 
forever. Yes. So it will happen on Wednesday. I just can't imagine it's going to be as insane as it was last year because last year was insane, buddy. It oh, was. I know. I'm fully aware. I, st- I still have it on my DVR. Believe me. Yeah. I'm fully, yeah. fully aware. It, it, nonetheless, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to hearing the Boo Birds and, and all that stuff. I just don't think it's going to be as intense, but that's okay. Everybody uh, got it out of the system a year ago. Well, you, you don't need to. You don't need to. You know, make a make a big thing out of it every year. But well, he's going to get his. We'll see. He's going to get gonna his. Be, I'm going to be very interested to see. How so this that'll goes. be the first taste of the Leafs on Wednesday, and hopefully that will continue the point streak to 13 games. And then they get two days off after that, and they go into Philly on Saturday. Feels like the Islanders been playing a lot of home games so far this year. I agree. The with The good you. thing is, well, because it's true. And the good thing is they've been banking a lot of points. So if and when they hit the road and they struggle a little bit, I'm not saying they will. They were a good road team last year. But that just means that they're going to have a lot of road games ahead of them. So, you know, may not be seeing 12-game point streaks later on in the season when they're when they're out in California or, you know, wherever, wherever the road takes them. So that's it, though, for next week. Just the Leafs on Wednesday, the Flyers on Saturday. The Flyers have been playing a little better of late. Uh, they were rattled off a couple wins in a row. Did, did you, do you have the final of uh, tonight's game against Boston? Because they played Boston tonight. That was a 3-2 to two win for the Flyers. So another win for them. I think that makes it like three in a row for the Flyers, something like that. So they're starting to come alive a little bit. The Islanders took care of business against them last time out. But going into Philly, not going to be an easy game. So, look, they, they actually got, look, if you want to look a little further ahead, you got a string of tough games here. Toronto, Philly. Then you got a home and home with Pittsburgh the following week, Tuesday and Thursday. They go into Pittsburgh and then they then they're at the Barclays Center. And then of course on November twenty third, Saturday, they'll be going into San Jose, who have started to win a few games. I don't know what's going on in San Jose though, buddy. I mean, what an awful start they're off to. Seven, ten and one. Yeah, yeah. But I think again I Their think goal they, differential is atrocious. They, they're minus sixteen. I, they're not Martin playing well. Jones, they're, they're gonna turn around. Martin I Jones has been terrible. Eric Carlson's like a minus twelve or something. That's that's a that's a tough situation right now out there. Indeed. But I that that gets the, the week ahead out of the way. So met, just speaking of eleven twenty three, we'll we'll remind you once again, less than two weeks away, we will be at the Oyster Bay brewery for a viewing party with brian of isles meetups devin of yes men outfitters please come on down it's going to be a great time oyster bay brewery will have all their fine delights on tap for you to sample and drink away on this fine saturday night we're going to have prizes raffles the the pregame show will start at eight o'clock game time is at ten thirty. come down have a good time it's going to be great and again Next month, we're going to be at the offside on Friday, December 27th. And then Monday, January 13th, at Parlay in Rockville Center. So we do hope you guys will join us because it's always a good time. And it's great to see you guys come out, talk Islanders, hanging out. Going to be good time. So, Tony, unless you have anything else to add here. Is it 9 o'clock that we're doing the show next at uh, Oyster Bay? Or Oyster Bay, o'clock. we will be on at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Did I say 8 o'clock? Yeah, I thought you said I o'clock. apologize. If I did... We're on at 9 o'clock. There you go. 9 o'clock, puck drop at 10.30. We're trying to give out the right information. But if you want to show up at 8 o'clock, show up at 8 o'clock because we're going to be there. We'll be there. There's going to be plenty of people there that early. Oh, yes. People like to hang out at the Oyster Bay Brewery. They do. So, again, Tony, unless you have anything else to add, I think we can wrap it up, buddy. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it up. Oh, and, and don't forget to, to hit up the swag shop, tpublic.com. Uh, there you go. Search for Hockey Night in New York so you can adorn yourself with some lovely Hockey Night in New York branded apparel. It's 
it's lovely, it's it's beautiful, and, and it makes you feel good. I don't know if that's true for you, but that makes me feel good. I think it's good. Did it make you feel good to say that, or does it just make you feel good if they actually wear it? <laughs> all, I mean, all the above. Everything. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Check out the swag shop, Try folks. It out. Buy, buy some stuff. It's Christmas time. It's great stock, stocking stuffers. Put them under the tree. Stop, say that ten times fast. That That's a good. tough one, right? Yes, it is. It's a tough one. I'm going to hit the music. Hit the music, buddy. And also, don't forget, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We encourage you to do so. We would really appreciate it. Big thanks to Carrie Haber, the creator of the Capspace.com and contributor to Lighthouse Hockey. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at HockeyNightNY. You can follow Tony at Tony Stabile. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. For Tony Stabile, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Have yourselves a great night.